Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. We're going to wrap up a series today that we started a a few weeks ago called Truly, Truly, uh, just to kind of let you know um, the... Uh, where the series comes from. Uh, anytime in the Bible, uh, I'm going to say it one last time, anytime in the Bible, when a word is repeated uh, two times, uh, it is not insignificant, it's not by accident, but uh, it's actually the author or the speaker's way of drawing great attention to what he's saying. So Jesus, while he has uh, dozens and dozens of topics, and, and you could lay them out into hundreds of teachings, There are uh, 80 times, about 80 times, that he begins a teaching by saying, truly, he's calling attention to it. But there are 25 times where he repeats himself and he says, truly, truly, and then he reveals the truth. And that's the, uh, what we're talking about in this message. When Jesus would say truly, truly, it was kind of his way of, of uh, calling their attention and saying, hey, what I'm about to share with you is going to be kind of hard to fathom. It's going to sound almost unbelievable, but I'm telling you it is a truth, and it is a truth that when you know it, uh, it will set you free. Uh, and that's something we talked about in the first week of this series, that Jesus didn't reveal these truths so that we would have knowledge for the sake of knowledge. Uh, he revealed them because he recognized that when we grasp the truths that Jesus revealed to us, uh, it would bring freedom and it would bring life. And we talked about uh, that more last week, that it isn't the existence of the truth that sets us free. The Bible says it's the knowledge of the truth. When we know, uh, when it's a part of us, when we know the truth, it sets us free. So Jesus, uh, as we're going to look at today, he wasn't just concerned with revealing the truths of the kingdom of of God. He was concerned with how the people responded to those truths and what they did with those truths. Uh, If I could do something this morning, I would. This is just going to show you how generous uh, and how gracious your pastor is. If I could give each one of you the winning lottery ticket, I would give every one of you the winning lottery ticket. I would do that for you. Uh, no, No, it's okay. I would do that for you. And then totally unrelated, the next week uh, we would have a a love offering for your pastors, (laughs) Just, just so you know. But there's a reality that I'm sure you're aware of. Uh, If I gave you the winning lottery ticket and it had all of this value to it and you did nothing with it but kept it in your pocket and, and didn't even cash it, it would never have any impact on your life. Now, throughout his ministry, Jesus is revealing these truths of the kingdom of God. And he's saying, truly, truly, he's saying, no, this is the truth of the kingdom of God. And it will bring freedom to your life. It will bring life to your life. But the reality is, if we put it in our pocket and we just sit on it, we may have something of immeasurable value that never impacts our life. Because the mere existence of the truth isn't what sets us free. It's the knowledge of the truth that sets us free. It's what we do with those truths. And Jesus actually tells us what to do with those truths. In John chapter 3, he refers to it as living by the truth. Uh, in 1 John, uh, John calls, calls it living out the truth. Uh, he refers to it later, actually on four occasions, as walking in truth. There's one passage I wanted to show you there in 3 John. Uh, John writes this. He says, uh, uh, 
Starting in verse 3, it gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. And then he says this, I love this. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. I said this morning that one of Jesus' primary concerns is not only the revelations of the truth, but it's how we respond to the truth. Are we taking those truths and are we living them out? Are we walking in those truths? Now, what does that mean? It means we take the entirety of his truth. If you're taking notes, write that word, the entirety, all of his truths. And we embrace them uh, as truth. We believe uh, in them with our, with our whole heart, uh, even when the Bible or when circumstances don't agree with what the Bible says. We trust the Bible. We walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I want to share something with you that I wrestled with a little bit this week. Um, because this is something that it's, it's more of something that I have observed, and I don't bring that uh, on Sunday mornings a lot. I like to just come straight from Scripture, but I want to share something with you that I believe uh, that uh, might step on a few toes. Uh, I believe that, I believe the majority of professing Christians around the world take specific truths from the teachings of Christ and isolate them and believe on them while ignoring countless others. It doesn't make the truth that they stand on any less, uh, any less true or any less prevalent, but it's leaving so much on the table. And I want to kind of give you an example of this. Uh, the most well-known passage in Scripture, John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him uh, should not perish but have everlasting life. It's my belief that many believers take that passage of Scripture and they live it out and they walk in it, but that's the only one. That they take this passage that says, okay, God sent his Son... And Jesus died and he rose again and I have eternal life. And they go through their entire life and that's the only passage of scripture, the only teaching that they stand on. Now, I love the truth in John 3.16. I love that it's almost the gospel condensed into one passage of scripture. But what did not happen in Scripture is Jesus did not begin his earthly ministry by stepping onto the scene and saying, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, me, to uh, give, his own, give his life and you'll have eternal life and now take me to the cross. That wasn't, that wasn't the ministry of Christ. There was so much more, and I'm willing to bet that if you took your winning lottery ticket, I had Emily look it up, it's worth about $100 million right now. That's just pocket change. Uh, but if you took that, that to the lottery officials, would anyone walk in and say, uh, I have the winning lottery ticket, but I actually only want a small portion of what's available to me on it. Uh, there, there's enough for me to get by 
Just give me that and, and leave the rest on the table. Would anybody do that with the winning lottery ticket? But the reality is so many believers do this with the teachings of Christ where we just take something like John 3.16 and we say, I'm going to walk in this truth because there's eternal life in this truth. But the other teachings of Scripture, so much out there I'm going to leave on the table. I'm just going to take a small portion of what's available to me. We've gone through some of these truths over the last few weeks. Uh, one of them in John 14 where Jesus is speaking and he says, uh, Very uh, truly or truly, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing and they'll do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. So if Jesus said this, he said that whoever believes in me will do greater works than me because I go to the Father. So here's my question. If Jesus said this is a truth of the kingdom of God and then he places it in, in our hands as the church, what are we doing with this truth? Because none of us would go so far as to deny what Jesus is saying is true. But many of us find this balance that's, that's not actually biblical, where we say, I'm not going to say that Jesus is wrong, but I'm not going to go so far as to believe that it's for me. I'm not going to say that Jesus is wrong, but I'm not going to go so far as, as to actually walk in that. Or when Jesus said, you may ask for anything in my name, and I'll give it to you. Or when Jesus said, everything is possible to the one who believes. What do we do with that? Because the Bible says we're supposed to take these truths that Jesus laid out and we're supposed to live them out. We're supposed to walk in them. We have this fear of, of being viewed as, as radical. I talked about that a few weeks ago. It's not radical faith. It's just biblical faith to believe that what Jesus said is true. But it's actually not just the, the, quote, radical teachings of Jesus that, that we don't always walk in. Jesus said, I no longer call you slaves or servants, but I call you friends. Do we actually walk in that truth and that reality that, that when I walk or anywhere I go, I am under this reality, this banner, that I am a friend of the Most High God. Or when Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I love you. Do we walk in the understanding in this reality that Jesus, God, loves me? When Jesus said, come to me and I'll give you rest, do we, do we walk in that, that when we are uh, anxious or worrisome, that we can come lay it at the foot of the cross and that Jesus will give us rest. In Matthew 28, 20, when he said, I am with you always. Do we walk in that truth? Do we live out that truth that everywhere we go, Jesus Christ is there by our side, that the Holy Spirit is there within us? And Jesus gave us these truths, not that, so that we would just know them, for the sake of knowledge, but so that we would walk in them. You know, if we really look into the Gospel of John, and we laid out all these times where Jesus began these statements by saying, truly, truly, and uh, I'm telling you the truth, even if it's hard to believe, uh, what we actually find is that most of the teachings in the Gospel of John, where he starts that way, aren't about what the believer can do in Christ, a few of them are, but it's actually about him establishing 
his identity. I mean, he, he started out by saying, uh, truly I tell you, or truly, truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Uh, truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself, but only what his, he sees his Father doing. Uh, he said at one point, uh, truly, truly I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. And what Jesus is doing with all of these uh, uh, truly, trulys is he's establishing who he is for the people. But I said this morning that he wasn't just concerned with revealing the truth, he was concerned with their response. It's the same today. He's not just concerned that you hear the word of God this morning. Uh, he wants to see how you respond to the truth in the word of God. And what I love in the Gospel of John is it actually gives us the responses of some of the people. Because Jesus had some kind of crazy teachings uh, in the moment. Like we, we can look through the lens of time and say, oh, this is what he meant. But they couldn't do that at the moment. I'll show you one of them. It's in John chapter 6, verse 56. Jesus says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. If I didn't know about communion, I would think he's crazy. <laughs> but he's revealing these truths. Today we know about communion. And I want you to see, remember, he's concerned with how the people respond. In verse 66, 10 verses later, it says, From this time, many of his disciples, that means many of his followers, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. What is the response to the truth? Well, many of them walked away. I don't, I don't have it on the screen, but I love that, that what G, uh, Peter says, because Jesus looks at his 12 disciples and he says, are you guys going to leave too? And Peter says, you alone have the words of life. Where else would we go? Do you know what Peter's saying? He's saying, I have gotten to the point in my faith that whatever you say, if you say it, it is true for me. If you say it, it's enough for me and I believe it. Even if you say that we're going to have to drink your blood and eat your flesh, I don't know what that means yet, but I'm not turning away. Uh, there's another passage in John chapter 8, starting in verse 51, where Jesus says, uh, again, whoever obeys my word will never see death. Okay, well, how do the people respond to that? It says, at this they exclaimed, now we know that you are demon-possessed. So Jesus reveals one truth, and half of his disciples just turn around and leave. He, he reveals another truth here, and it says they call him demon-possessed. Let's look at one other uh, passage in Scripture where he reveals the truth, and let's look at how they respond. It's in John chapter 8 again in verse 56. Jesus says, Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, they said, and you have seen Abraham? Truly, truly, I tell you. In other words, this is going to sound pretty unbelievable, Jesus says. Before Abraham was... I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple ground. So now we have another response. First they leave, then they call him demon-possessed, and then they try to kill him based on his revelations of the truth. Now what happens in this moment is different than all the others, because if you go through the Gospel of John, what kind of happens as Jesus is revealing who he is, is he's kind of hinting at the fact that he is divine, that he is God. He kind of hints at a little bit. But in this moment, 
It's not a hint anymore. The moment he says, before Abraham was, I am, there was an understanding among everyone that heard him that this man is claiming to be one with God. That's why they picked up stones to stone him, because that's how you respond to someone who, who committed blasphemy. You stone them. Jesus, in this moment, claimed to be God. He was claiming to be the great I am who spoke to Moses through the bush. He was claiming to be the one who parted the Red Sea, who was there at creation, the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus was claiming to be the one in that moment that Isaiah spoke of. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, when it says the creatures were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full of his glory. Keep that passage up there for a moment, if you would. So let's think about this for a moment. If we go back to this, this whole series, if you say something one time, you are drawing attention to it. Truly, I tell you. If you say something two times, you are, you are really drawing attention. Truly, truly, this is going to sound unbelievable. But there is only one occasion in Scripture where one word is repeated three times to describe anything. And it is the time where the creatures cried out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It was saying, you are so holy that I can't just say it once. I can't just say it twice. Holy, holy, holy. And the Bible says, if you, turn to the, if you looked in Revelation, it says, they never stop saying it. The holiness of God is so great that they just repeat it for all eternity. You are unlike anything I have ever seen, anything I have ever known. The question, church, is what do we do with these truths? Do we just know them and stick them in our pocket? Because the key is taking the truths about who we are and what we can do in Christ and merging them together with who Jesus said he was. If we can, I said earlier, grasp the entirety of his, his teachings and know that it's not just that Jesus loves us. It's that the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who spoke to Moses through the burning bush and said, I am the great I am, that is who loves you. If we walk in that knowledge, church, that it's not just that the phrase, God is with you, it's the reality that the Alpha and Omega, the creator of all things, there at the moment of creation, made a promise to you in Scripture that said, I will always be with you everywhere you go. Church, do we walk in that truth? Do we live out that truth that he's called you by name, that he has good plans for you? Do we walk in these truths that he sets every captive free? Uh, Renee, if you want to go ahead and come. I wanted to share something with you. Uh, I found it really uh, interesting. Uh, we're talking about this word truly that's used in scripture. Uh, it's a Greek word that I want to put on the screen for you. Uh, usually I have Doug translate, but we'll go straight to the translation this morning. Go ahead to the next slide. 
This is the word. That is the Greek word. Amen. Whenever someone would begin any teaching with the word amen, it was calling truth to that, what they were about to say. And when Jesus began by saying amen, amen, it was, it was him saying, what I am about to reveal you will bring freedom. It may sound crazy, but it is the truth. But did you know that this word is also used to end certain passages of scripture? So if you study the language, what you'll find is when it begins a passage of scripture, it's calling truth to it. But when it ends a passage of scripture, what it is saying is make the substance of everything that was just said your own. Everything that has just been said, make it your own. So Jesus lays out all these truly, truly, truly the truths of the kingdom of God. And he gets to the very end of the gospel of John and he wraps it all up. Anybody want to guess with what word? Amen. What he is saying in that moment is everything I have just laid out before you, take the substance of it and make it a part of who you are. Anybody want to know how Matthew ends? Amen. Mark? Amen. Luke? Amen. Eight of uh, Paul's uh, letters end with the word amen. They're saying take the substance of everything I have just revealed to you and make it your own. So when Paul writes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then he gets to the end of it and he ends it with an amen. What he's saying is take that reality and make it your own. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. When he says that we are more than conquerors through Christ, he says, take that and make it yours. When he says, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. And he ends the book with the word, Amen. He's saying, take that and make it yours. Take the love of God that can never be taken away from you. Walk in it. Live in it. Walk it out. Live it out. Make it yours. Church, don't leave this place with one passage of Scripture and say, I'm going to live on this passage of, of Scripture. No, no, no teaching should be held in a vacuum. Jesus gave us all of these passages so that we would walk in all of these passages. Don't leave anything on the table this morning. Can you guys stand with me? As Renee uh, leads us, I don't know into what, it's going to be amazing though. As Renee leads us, I'm just going to ask you if you would close your eyes and, and just ask the Spirit of God to search your heart this morning. God, are there any truths that you have spoken over our lives, whether to us as individuals or in, or, or in Scripture, Lord? 
that we have either laid aside and said it's not for me, or we're just not walking in it. Lord, I'm going to ask that your spirit would reveal those to us this morning. Take a few moments and just, just ask the spirit to search your heart. God, I pray as we leave this place that, that we will go in your truth, the spirit of truth, God, that you've given us. And I pray, Lord, that we'll just walk in the truth that you've given us, Lord, that we'll leave nothing on the table for the abundant life that you have promised, Lord. I pray as we begin to grasp and understand the truths of your love and your grace and your forgiveness, Lord, that chains fall off and chains of shame and condemnation fall off. I pray your presence goes with us in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. But church, I would challenge you this week to, to get into the Word of God because it's going to take me a long time to share with you every truth in Scripture once a week. So get in there and find the truths and then begin asking God, what does it look like for me to walk in these truths and live them out? Amen? Amen. All right, you just took the substance of everything onto yourself. Good job. Right. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.